1: John, we're on our first episode of our new project on WCW 1996. After watching two straight years of Monday Night Raw, 97 and 98, it was time for a change, like uh, Owen Hart used to say. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, but those were good years for WWF, and I'm excited to go into WCW 96. Oh. And this is on the Patreon uh first but it'll also be in the free feed you are so uh gracious in giving up your take it home slot for one week so we could kind of promote this show for the patreon so thank you for doing that you'll be back with take it home next week first of the new year and uh what we're gonna do is we're gonna do our normal patreon show kind of how we do the patreon but the free feed listeners if you want to follow along with us in wcw 96 the best thing you can do is go to patreon.com front slash fight game media. It is five bucks a month. So we we try to make it as inexpensive a, as possible for people to kind of dig in. Cause we know, you know, this is kind of a yearly project, and we'd love for everybody to stick with it through the year. Um the I, I guess the the main thing that I want to uh get out before we actually get into the show is um this free feed, if you're listening to the free feed, really appreciate you subscribing to that free feed. Uh you get eight shows a week. And you really you don't have to listen to all eight shows. Like, I know there are some folks who are like, oh, you know, we we love Brace for Impact, we love the dynamite show. Maybe we're not into the boxing stuff. Like, don't like I I know the pressure of having a, a feed of stuff to listen to, and you're like, oh my gosh, I got three episodes, and there's pressure. Like just delete the stuff that you don't like. Like, we are totally fine with that. We're trying to create a feed where you know there's a couple of shows a week that you may be interested in and and just delete the others. Like, you do not have to sit there and listen to all eight. We are very thankful to have you subscribe. Um, so that I want to make that thing clear because in 2023, we're gonna keep pumping out content as best as we can covering uh WWE AEW. The historical Japanese stuff with write it uh, write that down. Uh, John's kind of review, old and new uh, on professional wrestling. Our MMA show in the clinch. Uh, Rob Silva's uh, pound for pound. Um, Scott uh, Edwards's uh, five star Joshi show. That is in the free feed. You get kind of the the partial show. Because uh, Scott goes really in detail in all the Joshi promotions, and and you get to hear the stardom stuff on his show. Obviously, Brace for Impact—that's kind of the model for that. You you know, if if you subscribe, you know Mike and JD, you get the Impact recap on the Patreon. You get a little bit more. So, um, I think I got all the shows. Did I miss a show? No, yeah, I think you got them all. I think I got them all. Okay, uh, so thank you very much, first and foremost. Uh, if you're listening to this on the Patreon, as you know, we love you guys. You guys have been you know, the 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 thing that, that, that keeps us going and keeps us creating content. And you will hear this, WCW 96. Uh, and, you know, we're doing it a little bit differently. We've been preaching this in that we're not going weekly. The very first pay-per-view for WCW 1996 is Super Brawl on February 11th. Mm-hmm. So John and I, you know, we're going to kind of just be watching stuff and putting our notes together for a month before we come back in February with a really big show covering all the, the stuff going on that, that we're watching on Nitro. There's a Clash on uh, uh, January 26th, which is the return of the Mega Powers. Hogan and Savage is a tag team on, on Clash. Uh, and so w- you will hear us again after this show in, in on the Patreon. You won't hear us until early February. But I will be posting things, reminding folks, giving folks a schedule if they want to keep up, uh, I'll be linking to the Peacock uh, links to where you can watch each show. And you know you don't have to watch every Nitro. you can if you want. You don't have to even watch the Clash. If you want to watch the pay-per-view, uh, you know you can you can do that. So all that stuff will be in there. but uh, yeah, it's it's gonna be a fun follow because you know, we're digging deep on the research and I got all my observers and Dave's books from 95 covering this Monday Nitro. So it's going to be a blast. Really appreciate you all hanging out with us and, uh, and going through this project with us. And we'll see where it takes us for WCW 96. So let's talk about this Nitro. And John, I don't know if you remember you know, where you were as a teenager oh, yeah. when you heard, oh my gosh, WCW is going to compete with Monday Night Raw. And this show, like, do you have any recollection of when you remember, like, uh, how you found out, any of that stuff? Yeah, I was just newly on uh,
2: American Online, the Grandstand Forum. And I remember reading it, and I didn't think, I didn't get what it meant to be on Monday, the same night as, I just thought, oh, cool, WWE's doing a special sh- another a special show. I didn't yeah. know, Um I didn't think about the competing part of it or anything like that. I was just excited that, you know, I'm going to get another WCW show, which I, I love WCW, you know, it was kind of like they're always the underdog to the WF juggernaut. And I kind of was like, you know, in their corner because I c- connected with a lot of their wrestlers more than the WF wrestlers. Though I did enjoy WF wrestling. I just loved wrestling and I watched everything. But, you know, my heart was WCW, NWA, WCW. So I was just super excited. And um, I think what really pumped me up mo- most about that announcement was they was like oh brian pillman's gonna wrestle jushin thunder liger and i yeah. just was like oh man and i can't wait to see this cause i haven't seen i don't think we saw liger on our television wsoi television since like
1: 92 i want to say when he was when watts was yeah you know bringing that, that him super, in that super that super Bowl match would have been 92 so it's like yeah over three yeah. years over three and a half years later and, they would do the rematch
2: yeah and of course that's you know first thing i think about is that match with you know that that classic You know, one of the greatest WCW matches probably of the WCW era, you know, Pillman versus uh, uh, Liger at Super Bowl Two.
1: Okay, so uh, we're going to go over the origin of WCW Monday Nitro before we recap the very first Nitro. Uh, So I am cribbing from Dave Meltzer's uh, Wrestling Observer 1995 book, which is entitled, the Monday Night Wars begins, and if you followed us in '97 and '98, you will know that, you know, <laughs> we we have access to uh, to one Dave Meltzer, and you know, if I'm reading something and and I have like a question that maybe I couldn't find an answer for in the Observer, I'm texting him, and like I would say, for something that happened, uh, what did we say, 27, 28 years mm-hmm. ago, he answers pretty much like 85% of the time. There's a small 15% where he's like, I don't really remember, but like 85% of the time he remembers this stuff. So uh, we will utilize, uh, we will utilize big Dave for, for this show as well. And I did, and I, and I'll let you know when I, when I did. Okay. So on, uh, on June 5th of 1995, uh, Dave reported that Ted Turner and Eric Bischoff met for a meeting And Dave was not exactly sure what that meeting was about, but he knew it was kind of a big deal. On the uh, June 19th Observer, Dave writes that they've agreed to a Monday night show to go head-to-head against Monday Night Raw on TNT. And this is Dave's quote. Reports we received is that obviously the time slot is no coincidence and stemmed from Turner being personally miffed by the letters Vince McMahon was sending him earlier this year, urging him to fold the company, claiming the wrestling company was an embarrassment to Turner's name. <laughs> what a dick. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I, Vince, the, those those are words I'm sure that Vince probably w- would have taken back if given the opportunity. Yeah. That's all it took to get Ted Turner to, like, just throw his money into into this TV show? Yeah, Holy cow. Yeah.
2: It's a big-time grudge, that Turner had after all that.
1: (laughs) The rumored title of this show, uh, the the, the first title, I guess, was not Nitro. The first title was Head to Head. I'm very (laughs) glad they didn't go with that title. Yeah, me too. too. (laughs) So this show was originally scheduled uh, for August the 7th, and that was the day after A Clash of the Champions. That was on August the 6th, which would have been a Sunday night. Uh, and because Bischoff ran more pay-per-views in 95, there were only two clashes in all of 95 and only two in all of 96. They had, they had some dates that were going to be clash dates, but they just turned them into pay-per-views because that was where the model was going. It was more pay-per-views so they could charge fans 25 bucks more often. And it was working for, for them that, you know, they had all that money that they had to pay Hogan for, (laughs) for, for, for signing up. Yeah. So uh that clash was not a good clash, by the way. That clash had stayed on that date. I, I got to watch a little bit of it. Vader versus Flair and Ho and Arn Anderson a handicap match. Yes. And they split up, right? Flair and Flair and Arn split yes. up. Yeah. Uh and Hogan uh he had to enter the dungeon of doom. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The oh. actual dungeon uh what, what else what else is on that show um there was oh, a wow. match there was a match with sherry and harlem heat against colonel parker and uh gosh was Buck, uh, bucky um, Buck dick slater there you go there you go yeah. and 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 sherry won the match by kissing him so hard that his shoulders were on the, the yeah. mat and he got pit yeah. so the, the the only reason i brought that up is because in nineteen ninety five that clash and and at in the early you know in the late eighties the clash was the show for us the clash was like the one that we couldn't miss because you actually had the main event matches and and things that actually were storyline related to the major things going on but that clash felt like WCW Saturday Night extended yeah um so that that's to say that you know the the product did need a, a bit of a refreshing in yeah. nineteen ninety five so and
2: what Nitro did is. Pretty much make the Clash of Champions not a very important show anymore, right? I mean, yeah. it only lasted a couple more years. I think the last one is August of 1997, if I remember correctly. So, kind of sad when that ended for me, you know, because we were such big fans of the Clash. But, but Nitro, it was all about Mondays and eventually Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> crazy.
1: So, uh, from the uh, June 26th Wrestling Observer newsletter, uh Dave writes that Nancy Sullivan was given a tryout as an announcer for that show. Huh. Kind of interesting. They yeah. they were definitely trying to do something different because of announcer who the interviewer. It said announcer, but may- maybe it was also interviewer. Mm. Okay. Uh on the July 2nd Observer Dave mentions that the date is pushed back to September 4th. And Raw is preempted on that day because of tennis, mm. uh, but but it is still risky because I think that's when the NFL uh, the opening uh, game of the of the the opening Monday night of yeah. the NFL. So they avoided WWF for Nitro Show One, but they still had to go uh, up against the NFL. Which in August they wouldn't have had to go up against the NFL, but then they would have went head to head with WWF with uh, with uh, Raw. Uh, so in the July 24th, Observer, Dave says the show will be called Wrestling Nitro. And the first show was originally scheduled to run from the Knight Center in Miami. On July uh, 30, 31st, in, in the Observer, Dave said that the show moved to the Mall of America in uh, Minneapolis. I at, This is where I, I sent Dave a note. <laughs> because when I watched that show, I was like, wow, like th- this is literally a mall. Like you see mm-hmm. people going up and down the escalators and people hanging uh, on the, the second floor balcony, ha- yeah. ha- arms over the thing. So like it, it looks like a mall. And I said, you know, why did they move it out of the, the night center, which I think is episode two? And why did they go to the Mall of America? And he said that Zane Breslov uh thought it was the thought it was a good kind of cool like kind of newish hip teenage teenagers go to the mall mm-hmm. and and so that was the reason for uh for the change wanted to give it a cool and a, and a hip look and dave says eventually eric Bischoff would go on to take credit for it even I though it was a zane breslov uh suggestion there
2: i, I just think it was just a good, I think it a, a a, you need something that's going to pop on camera. And when people tune into this new show, like you want to make it stand out somehow, some way. And I don't, I don't think it looked odd. You know what I mean? I don't think it really took me out like, oh, this looks, this looks very strange. It's not like the uh, um, thrift mall I wrestled, I worked in one time in <laughs> Bakersfield, you know, that's <laughs> a thrift mall. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Right, right next to the food court. I could have went and got a Slurpee, you know, but after <laughs> the match, um, is i thought look i thought it looked cool the escalators people in the sky i was wondering like are they going down to another shop or are they just going up and back down to watch the show and
1: yeah like people... did they close off i mean they must have they had to close off that section of the mall mm-hmm. right if you're like one of those stores like did they just pay you some money so that you would kind of because mm-hmm. there's just people in front of your store like how how do, how do you keep it running I'm guessing. I, no, I don't think they
2: block stores. I guess, I'm guessing they have some. They must have roped it off to where people could still uh, go shopping. Sure, but I also think that it not only does it look unique for television, especially for your first episode of this new show, and also I think too, like it's cope. You're promoting the Mall of America, so they might. I believe they probably got the venue for free or, or at a reduced price because they're talking about the mall in america but they didn't show any kind of like features like a little segment to kind of feature the mall america but they did feature one restaurant in a mall america we'll talk about it
1: when we get there oh yeah so
2: there's still some cross there's definitely cross promotion there so you know i think it was a win-win for Stubby, really
1: nfl sunday ticket is now on youtube and youtube tv which means that it just got easier to be an nfl fan even if you live far away Okay, so in the August 14th Observer, Dave says that the scheduled main event is Hogan versus Paul Orndorf, which is an interesting match. Yeah. Um, on the clash that I watched, uh, who did Orndorf face? Orndorf faced <laughs> somebody. Um, gosh, now I can't even think of it. I, fe- I God, feel I'm, like it was I like a younger. That. I feel like it was a younger. Renegade? Yes, it was the Renegade, he lost, and then he lost the,
2: um, the Renegade. Was a TV champion at the time, so yes. he lost. Yeah, and that was a really poor match. If I remember yes. correctly. The only thing I was even paying attention to, I was just trying to look at Orndorf's arms. I know it's so hard to to watch a match without focusing on that his uh, atrophy arm, left arm from uh, you know from his neck, yeah, neck injury.
1: All right, so in the August twenty first, Observer Dave starts to give out the card. He says Liger versus Pillman, which Mm -hmm. may not actually be announced publicly until the main event show that airs the night before. Ric Flair versus Sting Mm -hmm. and Hulk Hogan versus Big Bubba Rogers, plus a non-nitro match, probably the TV main event for WCW Saturday night on 9-9. I think it was just a dark match uh, as far as I can, as far as I remember. It wasn't a dark Uh, match, remember? Uh, Dick Slater and Bunkhouse Buck versus the well, why did Dave always call the American males the US males in, in old observers?
2: Were they called US US males first? Were they? I don't know. Maybe that was a working because they don't they don't they debut like they did I'm trying to remember around this time they started showing vignettes of them so they might have been working a uh, working uh US mail was kind of like I was already used in wrestling Curtis Thompson no old, old firebreaker chip. Was uh, from the Patriots in WCW nineteen ninety one. He was using that uh, U.S. mail. I remember in South Atlantic Pro Wrestling, he'd come out like dressed like a mailman, like a mailman, like like if a a mailman stripper was showing up to a stripper, you know, a bachelorette <laughs> party. That's what he looked like. I'm sure he did that on the <laughs> side too as well. But yeah, maybe that's and, why then. they changed American males.
1: And he wrote that uh, WCW held a press conference on eight fourteen at the Harley Davidson Cafe in New York. Uh, to announce the debuting TNT show, which also included uh, that Steve McMichael would be part of the broadcast team, and the event they did give away a Harley Davidson uh, on the, was it the first show that they gave it away? Yep,
2: yep, yeah. Benji came out there, and some guy in Alabama, something.
1: So congrats. <laughs> so okay, that's all the background. That's the origin story of building to this show. And so we get to the show, and you see Eric Bischoff, you see Steve Mongo McMichael, and you see Bobby the Brain Heenan. They are the announce team. We we heard a lot of Mongo McMichael over the years. Yeah. What did you think of his very first go-round as an announcer here on this first episode?
2: A bit rough and... You know, obviously, he sounded a little nervous. Didn't agree with some of the comments he made, especially during the altrux and thunder and lager match. And, <laughs> the, um, Ginsu the Ginsu knives. Ginsu knife. <laughs> um, he was getting chewed up by Bobby Heenan. Oh, yeah. But, but I could tell Bobby Heenan was, like, putting himself in position to look like a fool for Steve he,
1: McMichael. And I feel like he was also holding back.
2: Yes, he's definitely holding back. Definitely holding back. I did like my favorite comment was, like, some about riding the bench and like, oh, Michael, you're riding the bench a lot over at the uh, the Denver Broncos. You know, he's not in <laughs> the Denver Broncos. And then and McMichael's like, well, I didn't care if the offense was on the field most of the time. That was good for me. And so it's almost like Bobby didn't know football. Yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so yeah. It yeah. was like kind of like a little dead air after that. But um, but yeah, it, I, I thought he did okay. I just didn't. I just, I'm not a – I feel bad talk about him, bad about him. But we're criticizing his work then. He's you know yeah, yeah. His, yeah
1: absolutely. No, dealing with
2: a, 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 ALS right now, right? mm mm-hmm really bad shape and all the best to him and his fight. But, but like we're critiquing his work here. And as of back then, I did not like it. I did not like him at all. As I just, I didn't, his voice, this high pitched kind of voice, Pepe eventually would show up. I don't
1: know if Pepe was out there at his dog. He was Um, in, uh, he was at the end. Oh, well, the Pepe show up at the end of the episode. I missed that, and then uh, uh, you know, call, always
2: calling Bobby the stain. I just didn't get. I just didn't like. I you know, I actually thought Bischoff was pretty good on this episode, um, and I thought he was was good. But yeah, like you said, he definitely felt like he was holding back a little bit as well.
1: Bobby the stain and Bobby hernia. Those were his uh, go tos. Yeah, yeah. And, You know who who can really. Battle wits with, with Bobby Heenan, not not very many, yeah, but not Steve McMichael. Now, there's a flip side to Steve McMichael, though, and this is why you get him. Uh, ten years earlier, you know he's uh, he's on the '85 Bears. He's an absolute football star. Um, that that team in general was like the the most dominating defense, but also like the pro wrestling team of of the NFL. He had refrigerator Perry yep, who would be in the yep. Battle Royal at WrestleMania 2 and McMichael uh, was at WrestleMania 11
2: 11 was he in the corner of the um uh, Lawrence Taylor LT was part was of that at LT? Group. I think yes. so. That was so. so, that was 95 so he did WWF and WCW the same year.
1: Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um so yeah, a famous football player, and that always works with wrestling. And I'm sure the idea, which eventually did happen, was that, you know, we're going to have him be this announcer, and we're going to teach him how to wrestle so that he yeah. can... You know, because there there's a moment, and, and we'll get to it on this show, but Scott Norton comes out. Yep. And Mick just goes nose to nose with this dude. i <laughs> just like... <laughs> Like, did you not understand that this guy is coming in and you're supposed to be terrified? Or maybe McMichael should have been off camera. He didn't have to be terrified. That could have been Heenan and Bischoff. But he also didn't have to, like, stare this dude down who's supposed to be this intimidating guy coming into into WCW wreak havoc.
2: And plus, like, Norton is... He's a tall guy compared to me and most people. But hes he's huge because he's so wide he's a he's a freaking yeah. tank right yeah but but michael's also very wide and also very tall so he actually is looking down on scott norton so scott doesn't look that if i was him i would have just kind of instead of having to go to the announcers i kind of get in the ring try to want demand a mic and maybe force fish off to go do an interview with him and that's when uh you know he scott norton could have talked about you know i want to face hogan i want to face i want to face savage and that brings out savage and that's when they have a confrontation
1: you know mm-hmm. so uh the uh, very first match like we said is jushin thunder liger against brian pillman this is i would say like the b minus c plus version of of their match they didn't get a lot of time it was like six and a half minutes yeah. uh, liger is is post injury yeah I hear that nasty leg injury uh, Pillman. Um, Pillman is, is is much thicker and, and bigger than he was, so he's not the 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 quite the flying Brian that that he used to be. Uh, the match was still good for for the six and a half minutes. Uh, Pillman, uh, Jushin Thunder Liger tried to reverse, uh, tried to German suplex Pillman. And then Pillman uh, turned it into a, a pin and and uh, held the legs and and, yeah. and won. So it was it was a nice finish and it was like a cool open to that show. But I'm sure, like all the people who thought, oh, you know, maybe Nitro is going to be this show where we get these great matches, uh, they were probably a little disappointed in in how that match, you know, really like how how much time they actually
2: gave that match. I mean, I was disappointed because I'm I'm already comparing it to Super Bowl two, right? They're going to right have this. Great match like that again. Um, rewatching it today, I thought it was a pretty better match than I remember. Because I remember, I was also thinking Liger, the flyer, the dives. But, you know, he was definitely um, changed his style after post-leg injury. Did he also have a brain issue too? I, that believe- I wonder if that was the injury. Maybe well, that was the injury. I know he broke his ankle in 93. Uh, he, he broke it during the, the top of the Super J Cup, I believe it was. And then, but I thought he had a brain issue, and that might have been it. Let's that,
1: see. Let's um, let's go to his uh, go to his Wikipedia. Um, in the let's see, um, Liger. Let's see. Gosh, I can't find the actual injury um yeah but did miss a year I just can't see what he missed the year for because when I when I noticed that he would that he came back and, and Dave wrote that he was back from the injury I assumed it was the the brain thing but Dave didn't write it and now I can't uh, I don't see it in yeah in Wikipedia so but he
2: by this time definitely he transformed his style to be more ground game more high impact you know, power bombs. That's when he started throwing the palm strikes and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, his extent of his high flying was sometime across body off the top row to the floor or a splash to the ring or that somersault he did off the apron to Liger. That was, oh, to his Pillman. That's what was kind of like his trademark he would do. But looking back, I thought it was still a, a good match. You know, they get, you know, six minutes. They got six minutes. They, I thought, I love the finish where Liger went for the German suplex and. There's a struggle before Pillman reversed it into that forward roll. I just wish there was a little more tighter on that pin on that forward roll because, you know, it looked like, you know, Liger's arms was shoulders could have easily kicked out, but, you know, it was just the way they kind of fell, fell, fell to that spot. But, um, yeah, I still, I thought it was a pretty solid match to open the show. And you could tell Eric Bischoff probably told him action, start off with action because, yeah there wasn't much, there was a little bit of selling and, and some holds and, but most of the time, like it was a lot of back and forth and, you know, they were, because obviously too, they had six minutes or try to fit everything in. Those six minutes still a very long time. A lot of people don't understand. That's a long time to fill. It sounds like, Oh, so quick, but man, when you get out there, six minutes is,
1: it's, it's pretty long. All right. So it is, we, we are actually close on the two injuries. So the first injury was the one that you were saying, which is the ankle and the ACL. And that kept him out of wrestling for a whole year. Mm. And so but the the brain tumor, I think he has a brain tumor removed in ninety-six. it was it was a little bit after this match oh, where okay. he had the brain tumor pulled down. It was so.
2: a nine tumor, wasn't it? I believe I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I mean shit. He went off to have a you know legendary career you know for years. You know, he just retired a couple years ago, right? Yeah. We saw one of his last U.S. matches in San Jose, California, some random six-man attack team match with Aaron Solo. My goodness gracious.
1: <laughs> you know where where I also saw him would, would be WrestleMania 31 weekend. Mm-hmm. Uh, They were in Redwood City. ROH was in Redwood City. Yeah. And it was Samoa Joe against one of the Briscoes was the main event of that show. Yeah. And I went to the restroom, and uh, Jushin Thunderliger – in full gear, except without his mask, was taking a whiz right next to me. So Wow.
2: <laughs> Are you sure wasn't that one fan that shows up there where the juice like
1: outfit? No, because this dude had just worked and he was oh, sweaty. Sweating. He was, was sweaty. Everyone knows what I look like. <laughs> uh okay, so um the uh we, we the thing that... You know what I didn't like is there were certain things that reminded me of the WWE I'm sorry WCW weekend shows like they're they're going to commercial and they have a sting inset promo mm-hmm. and it just reminded me of like the the sunday shows and how they would go out to com- out, out to commercial on the mm. sunday shows i was like let's let's do something different i don't want to think about <laughs> your your syndicated or your cable shows with this brand new spanking <laughs> show right because it's supposed yeah. to be exciting and young and hip and new so i didn't like that um and so uh this is where we get the segment with hulk hogan at the pasta mania restaurant in the mall pasta mania big bubba roger's has no chance because Hogan is eating so much pasta. It is running through. He was, I think he was supposed to say veins Uh and then he changed to say brain. And I was like, that, that, that was weird. I wonder if running through the veins he thought was like, Oh, people think I'm talking about steroids. I can't talk about that. I don't know. I don't know why he changed sort of in mid sentence, but yeah, he was, he was getting fans to, to call and respond and he was having yeah. the time of his life.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. When I did some research on pasta mania and there was just a recent article, like from August of 2022, someone wrote it. It was a decent article, nothing super in depth, but they did mention it only lasted a few months. So and I looked it up, it's a little more further details and from 95 to 96, basically as long as it lasted. And then I looked at it and there's like, the, you can find a menu online. <laughs> how many, like, how many restaurants were there? just one yeah you know? that was the only one in the, the mall one. of america I he, you know I, you know i think he put his name on something you know he cuz Hogan did try a lot of stuff now he currently has a what a a restaurant in florida or some kind of yeah it's like um,
1: the, he's got like his memorabilia you can yeah, you can buy
2: stuff. stuff and then yeah. there's like the manager there is like the crazy trump supporters and like that <laughs> that like <laughs> those stories are classic have you heard those stories uh uh-uh. oh my god it's like unbelievable people like just totally creeped out by this dude he's lead the freaking restaurant because <laughs> he's just like you don't need to wear that mask take that mask off and they're like nope there's a height of covid he's like yeah. nope
1: <laughs> <laughs> crazy oh man um yeah so i i was i was intrigued even you know watching this in 2022 i was like you kind of wanted to well i i i my favorite if, if I can have one meal, it is spaghetti and meatballs, but I can't have that meal, um, it, you know, maybe but once every five or six months because mm-hmm. I, I try and eat low carb. But, yeah, I was I was like, man, I'll try some pasta mania. I would I'm totally in. try some pasta mania. They're
2: trying to see if I can find a quick menu. Um, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> yeah, here it is. I think it's a menu right here. Oh, what is that pasta mania? mania? Oh, here we go. Pasta Mania. They had some good, good stuff. <laughs> this is my favorite. Uh, they had added attractions. They had ringside dishes. <laughs> and they had stuff for, four, uh, for little Pasta Maniacs. The price is like 4 dollars uh for... These are international pastas. Swedish meatballs, pasta Mexicana, whatever the hell that is. Turkey Tetrazzini and beef stroganoff. Served with salad and garlic bread. $4.99. It's not bad. 19 dollars 95 but you could get like you know you your certain pasta you can get angel hair. What are you a uh, shells guy? Angel hair? No, I'm, I'm
1: I'm I'm a normal like spaghetti guy.
2: Yeah, so those are, those are and then you get your any you pick your sauce. So it's, like the, the the basic stuff. Four forty nine. There you go. So
1: yeah. you know what though? You know you know when when they saw pasta mania invading their space, Sabaro said, "Nah." Uh-uh. Like we're gonna kill these guys, dude. For little maniacs,
2: pasta maniacs, two ninety nine, Hulk-a-ro- Hulkaroni and
1: cheese. That's he was meant. He mentioned that one. I think in his promo,
2: cheeseburger pasta
1: and hulkios, whatever that is. So,
2: yeah, sound like a winner. I don't know the hell happened, but uh, I guess we're gonna reopen pasta mania.
1: We should. That that that's a good idea.
2: Fight game mania. Fight Maybe. game pasta mania.
1: Maybe we can borrow the the photo that Hogan used in that one ad that you that you posted on your Twitter. <laughs> I had I just threw that up
2: there with no context. Just threw it up <laughs> to, just because I was pumped to talk about Mania today on this episode.
1: All right. Rick Flair and Sting. Classic WCW match. The greatest hits they pulled out. It, it was the greatest hits. Even though it wasn't a main event match, it wasn't there was no stakes. Mm-hmm. They just wanted that. They just wanted to draw that familiar fan base who would come back to watch a Ric Flair and Sting match. And it was good. I thought it was good. Well, if you, th- if you think about it,
2: the three matches that they presented were targeting, uh, you know, specific wrestling fans. You had the Pillman Liger match is going to draw that hardcore. Yeah. I guess at the time st- starting internet ba- fan base, right. That like, you know, wants to, action-packed matches flair steen is a classic wcw match hogan big bubba rogers or hogan boss man is a classic wf match so you know if you're getting casuals to kind of come through and they see oh hogan's wrestling and they see who he's wrestling they i remember that guy He was called he was a prison guard last time i saw him but now he's this you know mm-hmm. so that was a pretty good strategy
1: when it comes to the matches so before the match starts Lex Luger walks down the aisle yes in his had to be a Z Cavarici shirt Yep, he had the Z Cavaricis and the pants on uh Respect. And, and so Bischoff treats him like he's an outsider and he's like coming to screw something you know it's coming to screw things up with WCW and he's yelling you know get this guy out of here you know where and then uh I think uh Heenan is is asking like where the security guards are and stuff. It's,
2: just Doug Dillinger walks over there. Come on,
1: let's go. Cool. And Lex doesn't even do anything. He's just like standing around. He's just like walking down, just almost like he's just there to wave to old friends. Yeah. And uh, Sting and but Sting and Ric Flair don't really. I don't know if they didn't see him. They didn't really, don't really pay attention to him. Um, and then we and then we don't see Lex uh, anymore. Uh, so Arn shows up. In this match, and as we said, uh, he is he he was with Flair against Vader, and then they split up, and they're having a match at Fall Brawl against each other. And so he shows up, and Heenan's like, "Oh, these guys, these guys are fine. You know, they figured it all out." And so you're thinking, like, "Oh, you know, maybe this is bad news for Sting." Flair has Sting in the figure four. And then Anderson interferes, like the the referee calls for the DQ before Anderson mm-hmm. even gets in the ring. He just like immediately well, calls for it.
2: Well, I think the DQ is because Flair had Sting in the figure four. He was holding the ropes. Flair called over Arn to get on the apron to distract the referee so he could continue to to work, hold the ropes, and do more damage to Sting's leg. But Arn didn't do it, so Randy Anderson counted to five and disqualified him. So that's what that's that's where the DQ came from.
1: And uh, so then Anderson jumps in the ring, and he's uh, a ball of fire. Flair bumps before he even gets punched like that; he's ready. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Uh, Anderson just gets like gets grounded, and pound. and starts wailing on him, but Flair gets out of dodge, and uh, and, and yeah. So that was that segment. Do um,
2: you think how much do you really remember Flair versus Arn from Fall Brawl '95? Do you? I don't I remember,
1: remember it at all.
2: Well, I remember when this happened, I was like, oh, my God, I can't believe these guys are going to wrestle, right? Because they've been so friends for all those years. It's like, you know, it's like Owen and Brett, like brothers fighting, right? And I remember being so excited about that match at Fall Brawl. And it was a good match, but it could have been so much better. So I, I it's still good, but just pointing. It almost came like a typical Flair match where I kind of wanted to see something different. And you know, more of a fight or more of a brawl, or you know, it, it just got basically the typical flare match. But um, but at, at the time, I was like, man, this is this is totally cool. You know, them feuding. I never thought I would see that happening. Um, this match was Sting, though, like it, it was the greatest hits. A lot of the same stuff we see them do all their matches. Flair was, I mean, I've already i've I've watched so many Flair matches. I can kind of see when he's calling stuff and how he's calling stuff. He's like openly, like visually giving s- signals. Like <laughs> you visually would, in the you, corner you, sh- you
1: shaking kind his of head. W- wonder though, what why if they, they, those guys know each other so well? It was weird. Like that's what I was thinking too. Like, me, you
2: know, I know it was definitely called in the ring. And and like stuff in the corner of Flair is like like basically tell him Sting, come on in. uh when he had the figure four on Sting and Sting was teasing the, to reverse it, he slaps. Sting's thigh. To, okay, now it's time to go. To you know, I know he's he is calling the whole match because he's the heel, right? Yeah. It's just he was. I could clearly see everything he was uh calling this time. Usually, I mean, I just got used to it, but this time around, I was like really standing out, you know. But then again, like I felt like you know, we were talking about the Luger thing. You're saying like they didn't really react to it. Wasn't it, it was such a secret only like a few people knew? Like Bischoff, I'm sure Sting knew, right? So maybe yeah, Sting, like
1: Sting had been trying to get him in a couple of yeah. weeks before that.
2: So I'm guessing that they didn't clue in flair. And so there's just no direction of what they should
1: have done at that point with Luger, you know? So, so then the Norton thing happens, which we've, we've already talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and Bischoff Savage basically says, you know, let's go right now. And then Bischoff says to Norton, if you want to wrestle here, you better not get in that ring right now. So then the, they, it doesn't happen yeah they cut to a sabu video package <laughs> they had brought sabu to do a match uh on a taping with the sole re they didn't i don't think they aired it the sole reason they, was they aired to it. cut did they did they air it
2: eventually aired it past before this match okay. after this match took place sorry, excuse me He wrestled uh, two matches
1: the the sole reason was so they they could cut that futuristic video package yeah. with the he's doing flips and stuff, and then the little colors are following him like like a like a rainbow.
2: Um, uh, I I dude, like this show if you you know, I put my I know exactly where you know I was super excited when I watched the show, and like of course, you know me. You could just imagine, Garrett, how excited it was when Lex Luger showed up. Oh yeah. Right? I was like, yes, I was so happy he was back, back home and WCW, back you know getting rid of the american tights and stuff we got the whole package back and at the time too i was such a big sabu fan as well mm-hmm. and i see that video playing i'm like just going nuts and of course i also like scott norton too i was super yeah. pumped that scott norton was here so uh i was just like on a high after the show was over if you okay
1: guess. but you can what did you think about one michael wall street when you he know, did his was- promo?
2: I thought it was cool, and then the next week he was became VK
1: Wall Street. VK Wall Street. Yeah.
2: But, you know, it was cool. Like, hey, we got another guy. You know, another guy's coming over. It just makes it makes it felt like, oh, man, if you want to come back to WCW, it's exciting.
1: The I thought the Wall Street thing was a little weird because so you have this show, mm-hmm. and you bring in Liger, which seems, you know, a little edgy. Who's this guy? We don't know him. Uh, then you bring back Luger and you pull him out of that WWF gimmick. So it's like, okay, this is like reality, right? there's a there's an edge, there's a reality to this. The Scott Norton thing, same thing. There's a reality to this. Who is this guy? He's not supposed to be here. And then you bring back Michael Wall Street, which falls right back into like, you know, 1991 WCW or you know, post the the the, the whole run in in wwf where he is not Mike Rotunda. he's actually a gimmick and so it was a weird kind of a weird fit because it seemed like they were going towards more edgy and then they bring back wall street and that's more gimmick and more yeah. like pretend so i don't know we an interesting dynamic there
2: it could have been a lot of dude michael, michael Rotunda's call to you as well because i uh I remember reading an interview or i think it was one of those quote shoot interview things he used to do they used to have all the time back in the day all the time but i remember he mentioned on his that interview that his biggest money making years in wrestling was as irs
1: mm-hmm. i can so, be- i can believe that
2: yeah so i'm guessing like you know mike rotunda hey mike rotunda is coming in it's not as exciting as like he still probably wanted to be some kind of character and they went back to the michael the last character we saw him as michael wall street to kind of kind of fit similar to the irs gimmick in some in some ways you know he mentions the irs, IRS might be coming after me or something, <laughs> or something like that but you know i was just i thought like wow man this just seems like they're trying to make it like oh this is a place to be
1: he said the new generation more like the few generation yeah yeah a little, they were taking shots at uh at uh <laughs> throughout the show uh, okay, we get Big Bubba Rogers versus Hulk Hogan. You mentioned Sting and Flair with the greatest hits. This was the Hulk Hogan's greatest hits here yeah, with yeah. the big giant heel. You know, he does his selling, but he's going to come back. He he wins with the big boot and the leg drop. Yeah. And uh, Dungeon of Doom comes in to attack Hogan after the match. Luger saves him, and there's chaos. Like, Hogan screaming at him. You hear Hogan go... Mm-hmm. go back where you came from yeah. sting and macho man come out because sting and macho and the Hulkster are on a war games team against dungeon of doom at the next pay-per-view. So they're kind of connected and Luger Luger is out here. Um, we, we learn that the baby faces in war games are at a disadvantage. They are uh, three against four because big van Vader, who was going to be on that team, uh, they, I think they said uh, in, in, um I think they said he went AWOL, whatever going yeah. AWOL means. Uh, but in reality, the reason why big Van Vader is off that show is because he and Paul Orndorff got in a fight at a TV taping. Uh, I think uh, Vader was late and he was scheduled to do some interviews and it was Orndorff's job to get him, you know, c- come on, let's, let's get this done. And, he felt that Vader was uh, not really hustling. And so Orndorff started yelling at him. Mm-hmm. And then they started to fight. And I think Orndorff got a takedown and was kicking Vader in the face with his bare feet because he's wearing flip-flops. Yep, yep. And Vader's face is all messed up. And then they both go to whomever's office to have a discussion about it. it turns into another fight. This time, hands are thrown and Vader gets... Uh, Gets a punch in and, and uh, lands uh, and gives Orndorf a black eye, but Orndorf still got the best of that fight as well. So, uh, Big Van Vader suspended for that fight, and uh, Orndorf was just like, I, he need, like, he should come back. Like, I don't, like, I'm not mad. Like, we, you know, this is for the best of the. He was yeah. probably, he probably realized that he was fighting one of the main eventers on the show and like beat up this dude. And now he's off the show.
2: I always wonder if Wanderer sucker punched him. Cause well, I always heard that Vader was sitting down and being like telling Wanderer like, I'll go when I'm ready. I'm not ready yet. Just kind of being an ass. And that's when, you know, so I was wondering like, cause Vader's still a big guy. I know little guys yeah. can eat big guys, but I would think they're both on their feet. I think Vader would be evil, evil to kind of use his weight against, Orndorff in stuff so I don't know but yeah that, that was fun to see Vader go but I think in the long run it well it's so weird he like needed to go right because after that booking 95 particularly with Vader remember that big match we could, couldn't wait for Vader, Hogan, Super Raw or even before that at their first confrontation at the Clash physical confrontation when Vader picks up Hogan and power bundles on the Clash yes Hogan pops up and that just killed it for me. And as like the excitement of their main event at Super Bowl that year was like, I'm okay. I was done. I was like, I just know what's going to happen here, you know? And I think he just needed to go anyways. And it kind of worked out for a short time. In and WWE then they, had, they had a
1: strat, they had a strat match that Hogan actually won, but, Beat flair. flair was in <laughs> like
2: yeah. flair, was involved. flair came in yeah 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 it was it just it was that what a what a bummer that was but yeah. hogan it was all about the hogan show then and so well, it was still is but you know definitely um i just wish hogan's ego had been a little checked a little bit because i think there's money they made to be the show being vulnerable against vader and then but then beating him you know i wouldn't be mine if you beat him at super brawl but
1: at least let you get carried out with that clash and be like oh shit yeah and you know. and it's a story that historically worked for him. Yeah. Right? WrestleMania 2, WrestleMania 3. Uh WrestleMania 4 he doesn't he I mean Macho lays him out in in the hot and like the back where Elizabeth is on the bed. Like yeah. Macho lays him out. So maybe just
2: Hogan in January just has a wacky brain because the year before wasn't it like Hogan and Savage versus Kevin Sullivan, the butcher, and like Hogan was like selling, and to get Hogan to hook up, Savage had to jump, go to the top rope, and drop an elbow on him. <laughs> <laughs> so here's something with January clashes. Hogan just just, just, just funky that post Christmas celebration. I don't know.
1: All right, so uh, Luger cuts a promo and says that the reason that he's back is because. Uh, this is the only title that means anything in, in professional wrestling. He wants a shot at Hogan, whether it's today, tomorrow, five years from now, he wants a shot and he's sick with sick of playing with the little kids. Wants, wants the big boys. Yeah. with well, the big boys play. That's right. So Hogan in, in a Hogan ish way, puts him over as like, you know, you, you get, you deserve everything you've gotten. I've been following your career for all these mm. years and he wants to give him a shot next week, and so as they're agreeing to this thing, Bischoff goes, "It's been signed." And I was like, "How? Like they're, they're just, they've just mentioned it in the ring? How did it get signed? We needed the the, the Tony Khan uh, placard for, for the Tony match." Got it from I guess <laughs> the match is on. Yeah,
2: how they it's... sign it just so fast? Um, yeah, I hate that when it happens now in AEW or yeah so goofy and i was like i couldn't believe we're putting that on free tv but i get it they're trying to get people to make nitro get people to think nitro is the show to be in. and uh you know they like they would do a lot of times a nitro they would promote a big match like this and they would just do enough to to have it but they would save the bigger stuff to me i don't think luger ever had oh yeah he did road, road wild or road hog wild whatever it was for hogan re, regaining the wcw title over Luger after Luger won at that great, great nitro moment when he beat Hogan for the title. Was
1: that, that was in pretty... Detroit? I think
2: sure, I remember. I remember it was a massive reaction. We, we, we talked about it for the, yeah, uh, yeah. uh, the, the Lex Luger, um, uh, biography show.
1: Yeah. There. Yeah. The documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So a little bit, uh, about episode two. Now I didn't watch episode two as close. I just kind of wanted to see what happened. -hmm. Uh, So all these new guys debut, right? So Sabu comes in and he's facing uh, Alex Wright, and he beats Alex Wright. But then they go to the outside and he puts him through a table, and then he gets disqualified. So they change it; they change it to disqualification. So our 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 new guy comes in, he's disqualified. Our other new guy, Michael Wall Street, comes in, and uh, Sting beats him.
2: I can see like they're. I can see the uh, old school mentality of like saying like, well, if he just throws a guy through a table after, should there, shouldn't he have like consequences? So may the consequences, it's almost like, you know, after he would be a baby face after a match and the referee would just reverse decision. So I guess they were thinking that way, but it would have a a bigger impact if he puts uh, uh, Alex right through the table and Outright's carried off in a stretcher. Like, oh man, this guy's dangerous and wild and crazy. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure, I know Kevin Sullivan's a big, you know, proponent of Sabu, obviously. But, you know, he also had to, you know, work work with the Hogan's, you know, work with Bischoff being influenced by Hogan.
1: So then, like I said, Sting beats Michael Wall Street. Uh, Savage against Norton. Savage is selling the whole match. Uh, Dungeon of Doom comes in. The shark falls on top of Norton on his legs. So Norton is down. Macho hits the elbow from the top rope and he gets about a two and three quarters, but the referee calls it three. Mm. So your other newcomer comes in and and gets beat. And, and then in the main event, um, Hogan basically has Luger beat with the leg drop. And then the Dungeon of Doom comes in. Mm-hmm. So all four of the newcomers, you know, then I guess Sabu was probably put over the best out of out yeah. of the four. Uh, but uh, yeah, so so Hogan comes. Uh, Lu, Lu, the Dungeon of Doom comes in. Luger's still out of it, and so Hogan's got to fight the Dungeon of Doom. Uh, then Savage and Macho come in. They take all the Dungeon of Doom out. So these are the guys who they're supposed to face at, at War Games, and they've killed them all. Yeah, and then. Luger is in the ring. Hogan and Macho are like, hey, man, where were you when they were fighting us? How come they didn't go after you? As if to say, we don't know if Luger is heel or not. Yep. And Luger, I mean, all he literally had to say was, dude, you leg dropped me. Yeah. (laughs) I was out. But uh, Macho doesn't believe him. Macho also doesn't believe Jimmy Hart for some reason. And Jimmy Hart's like, dude, who went to get you and Sting? What are you talking about? So Macho may have had a little bit of a brain fart there.
2: Well, he's on to something because Luger ended up joining Jimmy Hart.
1: Yes. Yeah. Sure.
2: And in, in, uh, in October.
1: Then they actually so, in October, right? Yeah. Uh, so, so then Sting has to vouch for Lex. Yeah. And it's one vote is to bring Lex as their fourth member of the War Games team. And that is Sting there's one vote against it that is macho man hogan has to break the tie and he shakes his hand he he wanted him to put his stinky palm out uh, and I, everything had to be stinky for for hogan the stinky giant the stinky palm uh kevin Ew, Ke- dookie remember <laughs>
2: the whole part? <laughs> yeah
1: uh, Kevin Smith would would show us what the real stink palm was in Mallrats. Uh, oh, late, maybe even later that year, uh, ninety six. Did Mallrats come out in ninety six? So that seems about right. Yes. Oh so, yeah, a little bit. A little My bit favorite after that. of
2: those Kevin Smith
1: movies is Mallrats. Mallrats. Yeah. Uh, so Luger does join the team, and uh, that is the end of the second, uh, second Nitro. But Luger does say he wants the title shot that Vader was going to get for, for Mm -hmm. being on the war games team. So that, that is what he wants. And as long as he gets that, then he will fight along their side. Yeah. I, you know, and then
2: it's just a change of philosophy. You start seeing focus on uh, better workers, lighter guys. You know, Eddie Guerrero comes in, Benoit, uh, eventually the luchadors. I think Conan is the first one, right? That comes in. I remember correctly. Um, you know, like Hollywood Havoc '95 was a was a fun pay per view. What um, Was it World War Three? Other than the Battle World wasn't fun, but like the Undercard where I thought was pretty good. Flair's Sting actually had a,
1: a a really good match. Was it again. wasn't that the uh, the night of observe this brother? Yes, yep,
2: observe <laughs> this brother. And I um, pay per that's very underrated. And I you know I think a lot of people who Love New Japan or some newer fans of New Japan, go back and Arcade. check out WCW versus New Japan Star K ninety five. I thought that was a a real fun um, uh, pay per view, and there was also a really good. And I'm not a big fan of three way matches, but Luger versus uh, Sting versus uh, was it, no Luger versus Flair and Randy Savage uh, triple threat match was actually a pretty a pretty good match from my remember. So I kind of want to go back as we lead into our you know, February, uh, Super Brawl review.
1: I think I might, I think I might start with that Starcade uh, 1995 pay review. Yeah, that's actually good. That's actually a good idea. I haven't seen that show since it aired. So, yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, I remember being really, really good. And then, and the most
2: wackiest matches of all didn't even make that pay review, but the last match of the night wasn't staying versus Katsuki Saki for the finals of the best of series where they're doing, you know, it was one man gang beating Kensuke Sasaki for the United States title <laughs> that they would show like in highlights form on the on the main event. I believe it was it was a random title change and yeah, you know, they went with one man gang, which is just
1: bizarre. Like why couldn't they just put it back on Sting, you know, or something? It was just weird. But okay, a couple more nuggets before we get out of here. Uh, there was also an interview on in episode two with Flair. And the idea of this interview was for Flair to basically put over Luger as one of his guys. And Flair is like talking about his height and his weight and his chest size and his bicep size. And Luger just goes, Rick, some things have never changed. And he just walks out like he was there for like 30 seconds. And uh, I don't know if that was the line he was supposed to say, but the idea was that you wanted the fans to think that Lex might be going with Rick mm-hmm. that did not happen uh mm-hmm. live television it did not happen uh, for that main event segment so it made the main event segment a little wonky
2: um I think they were teasing a lot of the the horsemen coming back but but they're trying to figure out who's going to be Flair's going to have his own horseman his arm's going to have his own
1: horseman and um all that i think they're teasing so the debut of Nitro with no competition from Raw did a 2.9 rating uh, in its first airing and a 1.2 for the midnight replay. I have no idea what that means as far as number of actual people uh, who are watching. Cause you know, we watch dynamite and it's like a 0.35 and we're like, yay. <laughs> um, that, that may have been overall audience too. I don't know if that is a uh, 18 mm-hmm. to 49. Um, the It was also a bigger debut than the 93 Monday night raw debut so it actually did a bigger number than that um and then the first head-to-head so week two nitro did a 2.5 and raw did a 2.2 2, but raw did not really take that competition seriously they they had a tape show and they didn't pump it up uh, really i think there was a sid versus uh sean match on there though hmm. and uh, and yeah and so then you know, Lex signed a two year deal. Uh, Dave calls him the master of contract negotiations because he was going down the pecking order in uh, WWF there. So he was probably making uh, whatever mid card money was because uh, it wasn't a guaranteed contract in in WWF. So, uh, yeah, he, he makes out nicely with uh, WCW coming back to WCW. Yep. So it worked out for him.
2: But from the biography, and I don't know if this is a story they're just telling that it sounds good for the biography. Well, yeah, it was Bischoff's story about the
1: contract negotiation. He mentioned
2: the contract was he lowballed him because he didn't want him there because of his attitude, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And he ends up, you know, being a great signing and working hard and being a positive. Yeah, and then, he, yeah, then he redid the contract. Redid the contract, <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe I always it felt does. like Maybe. Luger. I mean, I've always felt like Bischoff he would low lowball. He wanted something that's gonna get people talking. Like, why would you? Eat? So, I, I don't know if I really bought that
1: that story. So, originally, um, they were gonna pay him a thousand a night, uh, but and so that so that's why uh, talks had stalled. So, uh, they were gonna pay him a thousand a night. They were negotiating. He said no, and this was Sting trying to get him in. Hmm. So then, because uh, the original idea for that press conference in which they announced Nitro. Was to have Lex at the press conference, but mm. because he didn't sign until later, they he they couldn't do it, and so the WCW had to sort of up their offer to get him to get him in. So,
2: trying to see what the the dollar value. So a thousand dollars. Oh, that doesn't seem right. What's the inflation? Huh. Not that big of a difference. So huh. Anyways, yeah. So yeah. Wow. A knight? Why would you want him a night? Because what if he just Vince just offers him more? Come on back, Lex, we're gonna turn your heel. We're gonna
1: give you a run versus this guy and that guy. Nah, 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 nah. This was um a, the second the, there was another wrestler who had just done this, but Dave had written that uh Vince should have learned his lesson because someone else had left who they were pushing, but they were not under contract yet. So they could literally just leave whenever they wanted. And that's that's what Lex was. Lex had agreed to stay through October, but then when he got the WCW offer, I guess his agreement to stay through October uh, <laughs> did not, well, what wasn't, you know, his word was only going to be there, I guess, if he yeah. didn't have an offer from the other side. So there yeah. you go. Yeah. All right. So that is, the very first episode of WCW 96 with John and I, if you are already a Patreon subscriber, we hope that you follow along with us, uh, check the Patreon. Uh, I will be posting uh, as we get closer and, and the schedule and all the things that you sh- you should want to watch if you do. And if you're not a subscriber and you're listening through the fight game Med- media network, free feed, thank you for listening to the free feed. And if you're interested, you know, come hang out in the Patreon uh patreon.com front slash fight game media like i said five bucks a month and john and i are going to have some fun uh we i I may pop in here and there with some stuff like we we're not going to do an an, our our next official show until um february but i may pop in with some uh setup stuff or 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 maybe even some some video because i i do want to get dave on to talk about some of this stuff at some point, like we did with, uh, w- with, raw 97. And so I may, you know, we, there may be some of that too, if we can uh, pull it off. So John and I won't actually be back together for a full show until February, but you may see some stuff in January about, uh, the, the buildup to what we're going to talk about. So, all right. Thanks. Thanks for hanging out. Thanks John for jumping on. Uh, hope the new year, is is good are you guys doing anything or are you just staying home with the kids well wow. yeah, we're going to stay home keeping a low key tomorrow me so. too yeah. me too oh you know where we're going though we're going to benihana taking the kids to benihana which mm-hmm. we did last new year's eve so for dinner <laughs> we're gonna good. go to gonna go to benihana in uh, cupertino mm-hmm. and uh, and then yeah and then my wife will crash out at like nine <laughs> me and the kids will hang out uh, i think the kids stayed up till midnight last year um, so we'll see if that happens. And, yeah, we're uh, going to try to find an East coast feed. There you go. And I'm one I tell you the year I botched it
2: and we just, no. threw all, we, we thought it was like, okay, oh well, we found one and then we started to watch it. And when the ball drop, just laughter, like tree and I are doubled over laughing. It was a 2016 ball drop. And it was like, <laughs> we're looking for the 2020, 20, <laughs> like not 20, I mean, it was 2019, whatever it was, but it was like, we're like, laughing what the hell
1: (laughs) so maybe we'll find the 2016 ball drop again and do it again so all right all right uh take care we'll talk to you soon for john i'm double gc when we see you peace out